Welcome back to Emerging Evolution. I am one of your co-hosts, Rowdy, the inclusive activist, and accompanied, as always, by... Calvin, the draped maniac. And we are here to... And Tank? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. We can leave that one in, Sarah, because I asked him to introduce himself. So today, we are going to be talking about Ancestors to Ancestors. We're meeting a two-part series, Ancestors to Ancestors, so really understanding what does this mean. And so how we're going to break this down is we're going to first try to get you to understand the beauty and the horror, which I'm sure doesn't mean anything to you now, but it will at the end. Then we're going to talk about how can we move now to a sense of really understanding and owning all my relations. Mm. Because that's a very full concept that we don't understand. Yeah. Man. And then we're going to have to get very, very, very crafty at the end. Because we're going to talk about numbing and the drive to numb. And how that happens. But then we're also how our spirit demands a sense of connection. Yes. To others. And, the, and why that drive to numbing needs to be leveraged towards connecting to others in a bigger and more whole You gotta feel, man. You it's a good feel. thing. Yeah. Good, bad, or ugly. But that's the thing. We don't want to feel. Wow. That shit hurts. But it feels great. Right. You it's know you're alive. Shit ever. No, I know, I don't know. <laughs> it's complicated. I think we should also talk about first though, real quick. Yeah. Like what is an ancestor? Just yeah. that idea. What is an ancestor? Like how do you define an ancestor, Roddy? So for me, we've always come from an area where ancestors were something bigger and wider because like when did humanity stop? Right. Like where is where is the human experience done? Mm. And where do you begin to experience something else? So some of this is formed by my indigenous background and some of this is formed by my Buddhist background, Mm. right? Because Mm. in Buddhism, you understand the connections, right? Right. Like you can't have breakfast Mm. without millions of people helping you get breakfast. Right. Like understanding it truly, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, leveraging both of those ideas, uh, ancestors was not just everybody that I'm related to and not just like the living beings that I interact with and have relationships with, Mm. right? I understand that if I have a hamburger, there's a relationship to the cow. Right. And I have a responsibility with my relationship to the cow. And you were talking about like trying to meet meat less, right? Yeah. And they're doing some great stuff that's going to take us in great directions with the Impossible Burger and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. It's dope. Yeah. Like, I, I love it. it. It's happening. Um, but I've also heard when we're talking about like brother cow, sometimes it's okay to have brother cow. Yeah. If you're fighting for brother cow. Right. Because brother cow can't do the same stuff we can. Right. And so some of the give and take of our relationship is understanding that sometimes I need his help and his sustenance so I can fight to make life better for all cows, not just the one cow. Right. And then going beyond that, I know, so many levels. Now we gotta understand (laughs) the air that I breathe, the water that I drink, the land that I live on, the sun that warms my bones every day. Like these are all relations because you take away, take away the air. What am I? Dead. Yeah. So how am I not really? Take one piece of that away. Yeah. It's all gone. Everything falls apart. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. How do you understand relations? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that that idea of connectedness to all things. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's scientific, it's spiritual, it's, and when I say spiritual, it's ancient indigenous beliefs from around the world that I've studied, but also being raised Baptist and then declaring as Baha'i, studying all types of religious teachings, spiritual teachings, 
but also scientific truths regarding like atoms. Mm -hmm. We're looking at a desk right here and the atoms in this desk are a little bit closer together than the atoms in the water you just drank. Mm -hmm. But also they're not as close as the water, but they're definitely not as close as the air. Mm -hmm. But still in that desk, there are billions and billions of spaces between those atoms. Mm -hmm. It's mostly space. Yeah, that's trippy. I know. Like that's really freaky as yeah. hell when you think yeah. about it, that when we touch that desk, that the atoms in my hand and the atoms in it just push back against each other. But like what keeps my hand from not going through that's fucking weird, bro. They say it's belief. Yes, I know. So then you talk about spiritual luminaries and people like it was miracles. It's like nah, them brothers was really on some quantum level stuff. <laughs> you know well, that for real. If you're not okay with us talking about spiritual stuff, you might have to listen to another podcast. Word. Because it's part of what is the experience of being a living being. Oh yeah. No, I mean just for me, spirituality is just recognizing the the inevitable interconnectedness of all things mm -hmm. and how our waves of energy impact that inevitable interconnectedness. Mm -hmm. When you understand that you are not it, but that it is you. Yeah. And ooh, that's responsible, right? So anyway, ancestors are all of that stuff, that atomic, spiritual material, physical, social energy that has always existed. Mm -hmm. Not that existed before. So like we're talking into a microphone, 10,000 years ago, the atomic structure of this microphone could have been placenta. Mm -hmm. Another 10,000 years before that, it could have been a spear. Another 10,000 years before that, a big elephant turd, mm -hmm. right? Who knows, yeah. right? But this is just a modern configuration of these atoms mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. And energy can neither be destroyed nor created. Mm -hmm. And so this mic, 10,000 years from now, will be something else, possibly. Who knows? What blows my mind is like the intention and emotion of our discussion. It's also some other form of immeasurable energy. Yeah, man. Like, but again, man. what is that? How do you measure it? How do you like get a sense of what that is? It's neat. Well, there, there's living in everything. Yep. There's life in everything. And so... When you talk about an ancestor, I hear what was and how that is impacting what is, mm -hmm. period. And there is no what was, it's just now this is the modern expression of it. And that's based upon my lens, as you said, belief, mm -hmm. like what we know is truth. And mm -hmm. our truth is always expanding and contracting, expanding and contracting. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, for real though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, like, this backwards and forward stuff, yeah. beauty and horror. Yeah. That's what we're hitting on this one, right? Yep. Well, if we want to talk about our human ancestors, mm -hmm. like the, the idea of these beings walking on two legs, mm -hmm. we hear his story. Mm -hmm. Some people have heard of her story. Bits of it. Right? Not a lot. Not very small pieces yeah, yeah. of her yeah. story, right? But there's his story and her story. Truth to create kindness, to create love, to create justice, you gotta start on truthfulness. Mm -hmm. You gotta start on the truth. Truthfulness is whole story. Yeah. The whole Our story. story. Yeah. yeah, not just you know bits her. and pieces, the whole yep. story. And um, the beauty of our ancestors was there were people that did stuff that was really virtuous and kind and loving and thoughtful and whatnot. And there were those that did stuff that was unimaginably evil. Mm -hmm. unimaginably cruel yeah. unimaginably sadistic yeah and that 
makes us here now. Mm -hmm. That is a part of us right now. Yeah. If you were counting numbers, one, two, three, you can't jump to 26. Nope. One, two, three, you got four, five, seven, eight. You got a yeah. bunch of numbers in between yeah. before you get to 2019 of the Gregorian year. Mm -hmm. You take you gotta, one of those you, away, you don't get there. Right. So you got to take all the numbers, mm -hmm. all the truth. Yep. And that's, I think that's really hard for people that, you know, in a previous podcast, we were talking about the illusion of benefit. Mm -hmm. People that feel that they're in a beneficiary space, they, they live in a good neighborhood, and I'm putting up the quotes, they mm -hmm. go to a good school or they got a good job and they got they go on great vacations and, yeah. you know, they drive a really great car and, you know, and they got great, you know, experiences. Yeah. And they feel like life is, life is great for them. Yeah. And when they realize that that life is great because of the beauty and the horror, yeah. that, that messes with people. Man. Yeah. The cost. It stings. Yeah. You know, well, you telling me that I'm benefiting off of pain? Yes. Yup. Yeah. What prevents in your mind people from acknowledging that kind of truth? The beauty and horror of our ancestors. I, honestly, I feel like it's just easier. It's, it's so much easier to just shuffle along mm. and do what you're told. Be a zombie. Really? Like, you know, consume... Mm. Practice the plan, obsolescence. Why do I get a new phone? Because the next one's got, like, the picture's slightly better. Right. You know what I mean? Or, right. like, it's slightly faster. Right. You know what I mean? It's so easy to just do the shuffled thing. You know what I mean? You get up, you go to work, you do whatever the hell you do at work. You come mm -hmm. back, you watch the TV shows that distract you from, like, the, the, the truth of everything. Mm -hmm. You eat the food that makes you feel good in the moment. You know, which makes you feel bad in a second, which mm. makes you sleep a little bit easier, but mm. you don't digest it well. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's very simple to do what people told you to do. Or what you've been engineered to exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, It's a lot harder to, to figure out the truth or to find your own way. I think this piece of investigating the truth. Well, that, that's the thing. I think we have a responsibility, and I know we'll get more into backwards and forwards but mm -hmm. to be good ancestors now yeah seven generations from us we're their ancestors right we're part of that ancestor they're relying on us right so to be good ancestors i think we have a responsibility to really independently and collaboratively investigate truth mm -hmm. to always look to operate from the truth so that what we think is being kind isn't being cruel mm -hmm. what we think is being helpful isn't being hurtful mm -hmm that to be ever consciously, vigilantly, in a pursuit of truth, mm -hmm. is to be that ancestor that is creating a reality that is healthy or effective or, mm -hmm. you know, worthy. That yeah. people, in, you know, generations to come will say that that ancestry was something I want to build upon. Mm -hmm. We don't pass on legacies of shame anymore. Mm -hmm. We start breaking that cycle we of violence and this. shame. Yeah. yeah, we don't yeah. do those things anymore. Right, right, and and there's story in that. That's the only way we really know. And it's funny, everything you know. We're sitting here, y'all, and we're looking at a desk, and there's books and papers, and Rowdy Crap. got this little candle burning, and yep. there's some incense, and you know, it's like opening up my pores and shit. <laughs> you know, we got some mass, a trash can in here, but everything in here tells a story. Mm -hmm. Every physical thing a rock a tree a feather everything has a story mm -hmm. and so when we start realizing that storytelling is the first human technology yeah it's most effective still man 
man so with ancestry i think comes a great deal of uh obligation obligation not just to the now but obligation on how we use understand the past i've heard the the only two things that made humans special in in any evolutionary sense and how uh like you know the sharpest tool in our box two things one one is we can actually jog for hundreds of miles and so if we were hungry we could just chase the antelope for like a hundred miles keep going. and because we could sweat because we were evolved to be able to do that like the antelope we eventually like it was exhausted it wasn't built to do that thing so we stop. could catch it right right so it was weird because like our what we were like our will and our ability to like see things over a longer period of time like we have we can run for 100 miles if we need to yeah and that's the thing that helped so that was like biologically one of the things that was more there but also you got a couple of with this not so biological idea of will right and the will to run the 100 miles to get there mm. right and then the other thing that really supercharged our ability as a species to do good and bad is the ability to, to build upon the work of our ancestors that's reasoning. It's that we don't we don't eat this berry, right? Uh, we only eat this type of we only drink from this area at this time of year. Discernment. We don't drink there this other time of year because of the algae bloom or whatever, right? And we didn't even know what it was. We just made a story up about why you don't drink that there. Well, and that's where ritual and ceremony and religion came in our creation because we had to have reverence for nature. Because mm -hmm. if you didn't hold this these elements around you in some kind of honorable or, you know, in a way of reverence, it would kill you. Mm -hmm. So you had to also see, you know, we talk about polytheism, some people have, but the idea of a deity, God, goddess, was in all these elements, in the leaf, mm -hmm. in the mineral, in the, the tree, in the rock, in the wind, in the fire, in the water, in that fish, in that kind of fish. Mm -hmm. And you saw the infinite in everything. And that was a way to revere it so that not only did it, you know, you would not be a good, you know, you could be a good caretaker of it, you could do what was necessary, but if the, you didn't respect it, look again at it, it mm -hmm. could kill you, man. Yeah. And then you had to see the interconnectedness of it all. You mm -hmm. had to see how it was a part of this big matrix of reality. I think with ancestry, backwards and forwards, there's so much convenience around us now, now and this time. Mm -hmm. There's so much disconnection from reality. Mm -hmm. Disconnection from the struggle of what it means to be a, a life on this planet mm -hmm. That people don't think this about this stuff. They don't think about where their food comes from. Yeah, where their clothes come from like you and I it's y'all it's 110 outside it's hot today, right? We are sitting in a room that is pumping not you know cold air to us in a natural sense a swamp cooler we are breathing freon we are breathing chemicals we are breathing air that has been conditioned that's why it's called an air conditioner mm -hmm. it is not a swamp cooler it is not take the water and you know put it through some Use coils and make yeah evaporative cooling to make things cooler this air has been conditioned with a chemical called freon mm -hmm. and we are disconnected from the reality of the weather the outside right yeah and I think, okay, this feels, the benefit is that this feels pleasurable to our skin right now. Mm -hmm. At the same time, the illusion of benefit is that this Freon came from a factory and that air conditioner was built by somebody and 
they could have been exploited or mm. treated well, and then somebody was exploited. Yeah, that. man, and, and and then the other thing too is that we don't we don't have to earn it. I mean, as long as we got money in our account and the lights are on, that's earning it. Yeah, I think that that wears on our soul. It wears on our spirit, and we feel this kind of dissonance with that. We feel this like fragmentation from that, and that's why we numb because we feel that staticky stuff in our spirit and so we want to calm that by numbing well hold on with that numbing thing because i want to make another point about the air and stuff right because i think we think we don't notice stuff when did you move here oh man 28 years ago from st louis missouri so what year were you here 1991 91 so i came in 99 okay so it's july 12th now right right, right. so monsoon season when in 90s did you normally see the monsoon cycle kick in in Arizona? Oh uh, man, it, it like late June, but definitely early part of July, it was here. And what was the experience like? Was it like just basically hot days all the time or was there any type of variance more? I uh, mean, you know, you would have some rain, right? Mm -hmm. Some yeah. heavy rains, you get some dust storms here right. and there. Yeah. Uh, but it was usually by the evening, yep. that stuff would kick in. Very you would see reliable. The clouds build up all yeah. day. And then, you know, because the sun would take them out, but by the end of the day, bam, there's going to be rain. Right. I mean, I think one of the things that made Phoenix livable was the fact that we had the monsoon season and the fact that the monsoon season happened as reliably as it did. Right. Because, like, the heat peaks, and there's a, there's going to be a period of time, like, even then, where the heat is really hard for, like, three, four weeks, but it's not long. You need the heat to happen to have the monsoon kick in, right? But reliably, you could almost always count on some type of wind, something to come in between three, four o'clock. And it was something that happened. And that wasn't that long ago. Right. But because we've created this world, you know, we've got this heat island effect that makes this big difference. And now we don't see the same type of monsoon patterns. But see, like it's funny because people will notice that stuff, but they don't understand the connection to the relations of the monsoon. Well, they don't even realize how, like, people talk about we got an immigration air issue in Arizona. Yeah, yeah it's from Michigan. <laughs> and all these folks are bringing Midwest plants and, like, agriculture out here because they want to recreate Minnesota and Michigan. Yeah. And this Missouri. Is not, why this is beautiful is because it is not Missouri. Exactly. It's not Minnesota. And that's you messing, came here because it wasn't. And that's messing with the environment. And that's messing with the way patterns have happened. And now, when we do get that rain, it's like a bucket dumped. Yeah. And then we get flash floods, and yeah. it's just really scary, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's a trip because, you know, when you start to think about, like, Sister Wind with Monsoon Season, Brother Storm, like how they talked then and how they talk now. Mm -hmm. It's funny because we recognize there's a difference. Like, humans see and recognize there's a difference. Mm -hmm. But we don't recognize what with the monsoon season and how it's acting and what it's telling us. Right. Right? Like it's saying the valley's not what it was before and I can't get in like I used to. I can't cool you down in the way that you needed so you can survive here like I was able to before. Right. Now I gotta build up this massive wall and we see it, the, the massive wall of clouds. Oh yeah. And we'll, and sometimes like we get the clouds in the electrical storm, but we don't get any rain. No water. We don't get any wind, right? Right. That's, that is literally the storm, the wind, the elements all telling us something's wrong. Yeah. Something's not the same. Right. And I can't help you how I helped you before. 
Yeah. And you, like you mentioned, we just adapt. We're like, okay, then I'll get a bigger air conditioner. Well, that 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 adaptation reminds me of the story, and I know you all heard about you know boiled frogs, mm -hmm. and the idea of you know if a, you take a frog, and because it's acclimates to its environment, throw it in a hot pot, it's gonna jump out right away. Mm -hmm. But you put a frog in a pot that's room temperature, it likes cool, and you can slowly keep turning up that heat on that water, mm -hmm. and that frog's gonna keep adjusting to the water mm -hmm. to the point that it's dead. It's mm -hmm. boiling in the pot. Yeah. Cause it's trying to adjust to its surroundings. Mm -hmm. Well, humans have the capacity to be conscious of our surroundings. We could even alter our surroundings, right? We can alter our environment. That's what makes us different from most other species. We can transform it. We have air conditioners. Mm -hmm. I think we've lost our capacity to communicate. And you know, and this is a gender binary term, but father sky, mm -hmm. mother nature. Mm -hmm. You know, our cousin in the water. You know, our, like you said, brother storm, sister wind, the family of the elements and in the other species around us. We've lost the language of communication with those. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that uh, Gaelic is the language of like Ireland, right? Mm -hmm. But Gaelic is the language of Scotland. Mm -hmm. And this Gregorian year, 2019, UNESCO said is actually the year of indigenous languages. Mm -hmm. The last Gaelic speaker died like four years ago. Yeah. And to some degree, if you think about it, that's an indigenous language of Europe that has been kind of like wiped from the planet. Now I'm sure there's Gallic speakers out there, mm -hmm. but a fluent Gallic speaker is now gone. These kind of languages of indigeneity, of people that can commune with the water, commune with the wind, commune with the fire, commune with the land, other species. You know, people might say that's hokey, you know, like woo-woo stuff, but it's real. Here's, here's an example, a linguist taught me this. Raise your left hand. I'm like, that's easy, right? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, my left hand. I got, got it. Shit, yeah. Right, got it. That's the hand. When I was in kindergarten, that's the hand that makes the L, you know, yeah. your left hand, right? right? And so then the same linguist, they were talking about language. They said, now wiggle your Western foot. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. What you, what you, what you? Mm -hmm. Wiggle your what? Yeah. Wiggle your Western foot. Yeah. And I'm like, well, okay, then I had to figure out. Okay, I gotta go ways, outside. Yeah, yeah. You know, where's West, right? Yeah. What time of day is it? Yeah. And, you know, where the moss? Anyway, and so the, the linguist, the point they were making was in this language of the English that we use right now, yeah. we are not West and West is not us. Yeah. West is something separate from us. Mm -hmm. West is something I go to. Mm -hmm. West is something I use. Mm -hmm. I use West. Mm -hmm. It is, I have a transactional relationship with West. Mm -hmm. I am not always in relation with West. Mm -hmm. It is something I use temporarily and then I leave West behind, mm -hmm. right? Versus I am West and West is me. The in like Ubuntu, this concept, mm -hmm. Aloha, there's various languages around mm -hmm. this, right? When you take that idea of looking at, you never lose your positionality in creation. Mm -hmm. with uh, most indigenous languages. You're never separate from reality, the, the world, the nature mm -hmm. around you. Our language is exploitive that we're using right now. Mm -hmm. Our language, if we could do that with nature, if we could do that with like the element of the planet, 
I mean, we could definitely do that with other species and definitely with people. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have historical trauma, mm -hmm. because we have lost the language of connectedness. Mm -hmm. People are like, well, damn, Calvin, like shit, you're saying I'm sp you sitting there speaking English and it's fucked up, right? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. At the same time, we could build new language. That's the beauty of language. Absolutely. We could develop new concepts in the world. We could just add words to English. Exactly. And, and eliminate words from English. And we could remember stuff. We could create new stuff. Yeah. Like, there's infinite possibilities waiting to happen. Man. Yeah. So that's what, to me, ancestry is really about, is recognizing the beauty and horror mm -hmm. and working to evolve, get the whole story, and build a better now so that we could be good ancestors now. And we need to be good ancestors now. Yeah. And we'll tell you about why we need to be such good ancestors now in the next podcast. Mm. When we're talking about the folks that are about to rely on us mm. in a wink of an eye in time. Yes. But in that, you were talking about ideas of connectivity. It's funny, like when you were talking about stuff, like I was thinking of like uh, The Rock used to say, know your role and shut your mouth. Like, and I, and I like the idea when we're talking about something as big as this because, like, we all have a role, right? Yeah. But, like, when you talk about that atheism stuff and, like, being mm. me-centered and me-centric mm. and how problematic that gets, man, when you have a role, it's so much easier and better. Yeah. Like, everybody, I feel like, these days is trying to be the star of the basketball team. Mm -hmm. You know, where, like, back in the day, like, there was the role player, right? Like, I'm the power forward, I get mostly the boards, I get some putback points. I'm not really a big part of, like, the thing, but, like, I know my role, and it helps the system work better, right? And you play your role, and you do your role, and you don't get outside of your role, because then everything starts, you know, like, you had, like, the power forward taking fadeaway three-pointers. I mean, it doesn't work. Right. Right? And, right. like, humans are way outside their role. And way outside the capacity that we get to to work within the system of the rest of our ancestors. Well, part of that is the God complex. Yeah. We see ourselves as unaccountable. Yeah. We're, you know, we're not beholding to anything. Yeah. We are the captains or masters of the universe. That's a sickness, man, in the mind that has to heal, that has got to evolve. I really like your analogy on the basketball team, this idea of fragmentation and coherence. Mm -hmm. When you think of being fragmented, right, incoherent, mm -hmm. Think of like when you've been drunk or somebody's been really messed up. Mm -hmm. Their mouth is saying this, their mind's thinking that, yeah. their legs are doing this, their their loins, <laughs> their, their private parts are doing that. Like yeah. they're all over the Everything's place. Everything's going this way right. and that way. Totally fragmented, incoherent, right? Yeah. But coherence is when things float, when mm -hmm. things are connected it, and everything has its purpose and functions well, right? Mm -hmm. Someone told me once that one of the greatest analogies for coherence was imagine a world-renowned basketball team mm -hmm. that's high scoring mm -hmm. okay world-renowned high scoring but they barely dribble yeah i had an, a cousin that was part of the harlem globetrotters mm -hmm. now the guys they were playing were designed to lose obviously really the generals were never supposed to win never never <laughs> right yeah at the same time though a high scoring world-renowned basketball team that barely dribbles that means it's pass, 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 yeah. score. Yeah. Pass, 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 score. Here's the, the thing. When I use this analogy and tell people about this a lot, they go, that's boring. That's Beautiful, boring. Actually. And what blows me up about that is that we, we've been engineered to be entertained by conflict, mm -hmm. to entertain by failure, yeah. ineffectiveness. 
Yeah. Like that entertains us because what we want is, you know, man versus man, man oh, versus know. nature, yeah. man versus himself, man yeah. versus supernatural. Right. You know, like those are the four core elements of pretty much all our story versus humans collaboration with nature, humans oneness with themselves, yeah. humans connectedness with the supernatural. Yeah. You know, like what is that? Like that's a dull ass story. No, that's that's inevitable. You know what's funny is I don't think that's boring. To right. preface this, I am a Spurs fan, mm-hmm. so of course <laughs> right. I like passing right. a lot. But like, what bores me about basketball anymore is it's all isolation, one-on-one stuff. It's all the great, the the great individual. That's and it's every not the sport. passing and the moving and all that other stuff. The idea of like a basketball game where you can't dribble would be fascinating. Like, I'd love to try that out. Somebody told me once, and I, I don't know if this is true, y'all have to correct us on this, but a sport is where it's really you against your own skill. Yeah. So, like, golf is a sport, yeah. right? But basketball is their sportsmanship. Yeah. But it's really a match. Yeah. It's teams. Yes. Now, within those teams, there's sportsmanship. Yeah. But it's team to get seen. Like, football is not a, it's a game. Yeah. It's not a sport, right? Mm-hmm. Where swimming, that's a sport, right? Mm-hmm. Archery, a sport. Mm-hmm. Where you have to do this certain individual physical skill sets, yeah. if you will. And then you may be a part of a team yeah. that shows that a soccer or what you yeah. know, American football. Yeah. But soccer, football, yeah, is a match or a game, but mm-hmm. it's not a sport. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about sportsmanship, like this idea of you have yourself to blame mm-hmm. within this thing. I think there's also with this concept of ancestry is that we have to be accountable of like, what is my role in this yeah. mess? Yeah, how do I perpetuate? Right, you know what I'm saying? Like we're part of this team called what humanity. What do I do does it too? Right, so that atheism you're talking about is, man, if I'm really that atheist player in this game called life, I'm messing up, man, the game. I'm I'm messing up my team. I'm I'm holding things back. I'm causing us to lose. Well, there's such a beauty and flow to being in harmony, having your role, staying within your role, serving your role, doing it well, and how it contributes to the bigger togetherness. I've always been a more of a team person. And gosh, you know, when I when I feel and see those things, like that sense of being connected to something that's bigger than myself, that's what always like drove me to, to play. It's powerful, Roddy. Now, brother, now, here, this, when you were talking about role, I was thinking about Hinduism mm-hmm. and the caste systems. Mm-hmm. And caste, as we know it, was one of the greatest, like, contributions of Hinduism. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't a ranking of the caste. Mm-hmm. It was during my understanding, and I could be off, but that colonization was the creation of the untouchables. Mm-hmm. And during with the creation of the untouchables, it totally perverted the caste model. You know, I've heard within the system, untouchable folks, sometimes we're like trans folks or two-spirited people. Mm. And like, it's funny because like, there was something, and I this, think this might be pre-colonial, there was something about their untouchable nature that was like needed for the system because like there was a, w- a way of like you give to them and the blessings of these untouchable people made things work or connect better. I don't under- I don't know what it is or understand it, but I-, I understood it a little bit differently in that there was still a role and well, they weren't they makes, weren't less than. It makes total sense because with the colonial model, what came out of European interpretation of 
you know, the Semitic teachings of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, when they encountered indigenous people, where you would see two-spirit, what we would call today possibly homophobic actions is what they were doing, or transphobic actions. These were people that, in a sense, had a gender expression that didn't fit man or woman, if mm -hmm. you will. Their sexuality was different mm -hmm. than everybody else, if you will. And I remember something about Cortez or DeSoto, one of them in Mexico wrote back and was saying that these people are gay. Mm -hmm. And it, it was then justification the church gave yeah. for them to use their war dogs and like kill yeah. native people's children and stuff, right? Yeah. And it was just horrible stuff. But this, it would make sense, this idea of a certain people, even with mental health issues that we mm -hmm. have nowadays. Yeah, there that, was a role. Yeah. They saw the world different. They saw the world whole different, you know, what we call like mental health issues. In ancient ways, there was people that looked at things differently and they had a specific role. The issue was the ranking, yeah. right? That, that The value or devaluing. Right, that yeah. these the, these are the deified folks and these are the demonized folks within the group and versus purpose and role, right? Mm -hmm. I think right now what we're trying to figure out to be good ancestors now is these roles that we have inherited in the world, mm -hmm. these statuses we've inherited, the engineering behind that and how that, in a sense, distorts our purpose on Earth, man. Absolutely. And, and it's hurting the planet. It's hurting well, the planet. and then you talk about the planet, obviously. We know that. We're aware. Right. But like, so let's take it back down to the individual, right? So now you're out of connection. You're atheistic. You don't have a role. You're the power forward shooting fadeaway threes, mm -hmm. right? You know, that's not within your wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think that does to us? What's that? What, what, what happens when we're disconnected? One thing I think is a f for those that with illusion of benefit, the lie of benefit mm -hmm. we talked about before, a false sense of accomplishment, a false sense of success. Also though, I think it can create a, it plays upon the old seven deadlies, man. Envy, wrath, lust, vanity, greed, sloth, mm -hmm. gluttony. It plays upon all that stuff. Then people are envious because they're not the one getting all the light, right? Mm -hmm. Or then people are have this false sense of who they are because everybody's giving them the light and it plays into their vanity, but yet they don't feel authentically connected to people. They feel like, do you like me because of this? Yeah, or do you I'm like good me at this for me? And you like it, you have value. Right, like if I stop being good at provide. this, would yeah. you love me? You know, like in relationships, like, yeah. babe, if you got burned in the fire, right. I'd still love you, yeah. you know? And it's like, because of that, you want that truest love of spirit, right? Yeah. It's not about what's on the outside or what you can do, right? I think that this, it hurts the individual in the long run. And again, at an energetic, spiritual, deeper, interconnected level, we feel empty. Mm -hmm. We feel lost. We feel a hole. Mm -hmm. And we try to feel that hole and numbing and bullshit, mm -hmm. man. And numbing's a lot of stuff. Numbing's, we, we've talked about this before we got into it. We want you to understand the drive to numb within the context of what it means to ancestors. And we're gonna have a whole, maybe couple podcasts on numbing because it's complicated yeah. and difficult. But and it's deep. We needed you to understand the drive to numbing is that sense of not having connection. And it's a distraction. It's a momentarily, like it takes you out of realizing you're out of connection so you don't have to feel the discomfort of that stuff. The last things we want to hit on is that spirit needs connection. Right. It drives us to those things. We are physically hardwired babies that don't receive a healthy amount of loving touch and connection. 
mean, there's been studies that happened to indigenous native children in these lands, orphans in Romania, baby chimpanzees. The ones that survived grew up with severe mental emotional problems. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these babies turned to the wall and died, man. Failure to thrive. Like, we, we need physical connection mm -hmm. as well as a mental, emotional. If people aren't talked to, aren't, don't have conversations, like their brain isn't firing right, man. Mm -hmm. There's all kind of stuff about conversation. Like we freaking yawn. You know why we yawn? Because yeah. when we were a baby looking up at somebody taking care of us in the middle of the night, they're freaking yeah. yawning in our face. Yeah. And so we learn to mimic every damn thing we saw. Yeah. And yeah. so muscle memory, when we're in the room and somebody, yeah, we like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm yeah, doing it too. too. Yeah. Like, because it, it's a muscle memory thing because we yeah. learn to mimic this connection around us. Mirror man. neurons. Yes. Those are the coolest things. Exactly. Man. Oxytocin. Uh, mirror neurons, like all the, 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 the hardwire stuff that makes us want to be connected is great. And the other thing too is like there's just something within us that just loves that stuff. Yeah. Some of the most popular videos on the internet are like the dog and the elephant that are friends. Because <laughs> we're like, look at it, oh, they get, get along, they're friends, you know what I mean? Like this, this random dog and this random elephant get along are like... This lion adopt a chicken or whatever else, you know what I mean? We love that stuff. When we see that, like our heart gets full and we're excited yeah. about those things. Because even if things are natural enemies, right? Like sometimes that natural enemy things exist so stasis can exist. Exactly. But the interconnectedness and the need and the dependency on one another, our spirit loves those things. Well, what we call violent in nature is actually nature's harmonic symphony. Yes. It's not natural orders, harmonic symphony to sustain everything. You know, like that brutality on the Serengeti isn't a brutality. It's it's part of the design. It's part it's of getting rid of the weak members of the herd. It's it's making sure that the herd's stronger. I've even heard that it wasn't always weak. It's even sometimes a member of the herd that your purpose is that sacrifice because from that eating the lion will do this in the grass and the grass will grow and then they'll, we'll eat that grass. And it's like, it's it's a cycle. Like I've heard farmers talk about domesticated sheep mm -hmm. or certain animals that they have for slaughter. Mm -hmm. That at times that they will like literally almost kind of know it's their time and lay their head down on the block, you know. And it's okay. Yeah. It's time for that thing. Yeah. And My like, time is done. And so the, I think the problem with the creation of race really quick on the ancestral piece is that we looked at nature and then we try to create this twisted darwinian idea of survival of the fittest yeah that these people are the superior people and these people are meant to be sacrificed right. consumed right yeah. versus our shared and i don't know if i like the word stewardship i think we're keepers of the earth yeah you know like stewardship means like it's i don't know like somehow this motto of supremacy versus keepers and family with the species you know yeah. we're keepers of protectors of guardians well honestly the planet from don't need another. us well if we could guard if yeah. we guarded from one another that would probably right. be really helpful keepers of the earth that means that we keep each other in check because yeah. we're here now yeah. so that the earth does what it needs to do for itself and us we can't live everything in this room comes from the earth mm -hmm. everything we're wearing we're talking into and looking at Everything, all this stuff comes from the earth in some way. Mm -hmm. And so if we're keepers of the earth, we got to keep each other in check. Absolutely. That's being a good ancestor. 
So with that, that's understanding ancestors. So what we came to understand is who is and what is an ancestor today. We talked about the beauty and the horror of the truth of what our ancestors did, what they were and how they acted. And we got to own all parts of that spectrum. We tried to get a more full sense of what all my relations really look at. Mm. We talked about some of the drive towards numbing and how that drive towards numbing comes from a lack of connection. And our next podcast is going to talk about now starting with us how do we be ancestors in the future so with that that's what we got for you today this is rowdy um from the inclusive activism podcast and if you want to to learn more about me you can go to www.inclusiveactivism.com we would love to have them tell them how much we want them to contact us and talk to us please call us out check us let us know like this this voicemail line just never gets you 860-576- 9393. Call us up. Ask questions. Right now, Tank is our biggest fan. Exactly. We need to <laughs> and know. He's asleep. I mean, y'all, for real, like, say, like, I did this research or yeah. that piece you brought up, you know, that was wrong or that was right or yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, just. Have you looked into? Right, right. Be in conversation with us. Yeah, please. Uh, and you can email me at inclusiveactivism at cox.net. And Calvin, how do they get a hold of you? So you could go a number of ways. If you want to just give me an email, send me a shot. That's Calvin B, B as in boy, dot Terrell, T-E-R-R-E-L-L at gmail.com or Calvin at CalvinTerrell.com. My nonprofit website, Social Centric, C-E-N-T-R-I-C, at uh, socialcentric.com. If you just want to send an email through there or Calvin at CalvinTerrell.com. CalvinTerrell.com is a website. But... Uh, yeah, like Rowdy said, y'all reach out. Mm-hmm. You know, check us, educate us, collaborate with us. Even if you want to cuss us out, we might learn something from your profanity. Yeah. yeah, I've always thought it'd be fun if like supremacists like came and just like critiqued us. I love when that Nazis talk to me because yeah. it's it's funny, man. Because when you really like go down the rabbit hole of their thinking, you know, it's just like, oh damn, they don't realize. And then then it's like now it's just your ego because mm-hmm. you didn't learn some logic, you yeah. know, some truth. But now you're just holding on to your ego. You just don't want this black ass dude to like, you know, <laughs> right. interrupt your mindset, your paradigm. You know, you think a paradigm That's means really twenty cents. <laughs> paradigm means twenty cents. Not yep. to you, you know, not not a shift. But yep. anyway. Yeah. But talk to us. Talk to us. Be in contact with us. And with that, uh, we'll be signing out. Let's talk to. We'll talk about ancestors in the future. Peace. Blessing. Take care.